here, help me out. Teach me. Teach me the ways. Everyone else in here probably knows exactly what that is, but. Hallelujah. Okay. And then I'll, I'll get it. Yeah. Okay. Good. Thank you. All right. Awesome. Praise God. Well, let's turn to Romans 16. And um, I'm going to lessen the sermon. And, um, but I do want to do a real quick review because this will be our final message on peace because I feel like God is birthing something else in my heart. Um, but, um, oh, I'm kind of loud now. Um, did you turn me up or no? Okay, yeah. Anyway, well, that's fine. Um, we, uh, anybody had an opportunity to, to, <laughs> to use their peace this week? Hallelujah. Amen. We're going to have an opportunity to maybe talk a little bit about the different things that you may have dealt with. Um, but if you'll take this series and you'll listen to it and you'll work it down into your heart and you'll take those scriptures and you'll let the Holy Spirit breathe on them, God will teach you how to walk in peace every single day of your life. And, um, and this is not something you arrive at in the sense that like you're never going to stop developing it. But if you can kind of keep, you know, the Bible says, keep your mind stayed upon the Lord and you're going to have perfect peace. And in the day and time, and, and both of those prophetic words were in line with this message. Um, because when you're, when you're in peace, there's a flow and there's a leading of the spirit. And the enemy's always trying to come against that peace because he's trying to pull you out of the spirit. He's trying to get you back into the flesh and he's trying to get your heart unprotected. And so um, we, I've enjoyed this series. I'm living this series. I'm going to continue to live this. We, we endeavor to do this in our home and we all help each other. We all help each other walk in peace and, and try to maintain peace and and uh, we'll, we'll continue to do so, but um, it's, it's a huge subject matter. Am I ringing back a little bit? Is there a ring, or is it okay? Is it good? Okay, awesome. But anyway, so I'm going to do a really quick review here. Romans 16 and verse 20, it says, The God of peace will crush Satan under your feet shortly. I mean, oh, this peace that I'm talking about is not a passive peace. This is an aggressive peace, and this is a peace that you can release um, into your home, into your school, into your workplace, into your driving, um, wherever, into Walmart, wherever you're at, how I many you know we should be the ones that control the atmosphere? The atmosphere shouldn't control us. We control the atmosphere. And, and so this is an aggressive peace. And how I many know we learn that this is the peace that the Lord has given to us? How I many know this is His peace, right? You're not trying to get peace. You're not trying to accomplish peace. You're not trying to have everything perfect in your life so that you have peace. How I many know Jesus says that I've given you my peace? And how many know that the source of this peace, the, the primary source of this peace is this, is that you are right with God. Okay? You are right with God. If you've received Jesus as Lord and Savior, you're a son, you're a daughter, you're right with God. See, there's the battleground right there. Right there. Am I right with God or not? Am I as right with God as the preacher is or so-and-so is or the worship leader or whatever? The reality, you are. Because it's not something that you accomplish in your own strength. It's not something that's the product of your deeds. This is something that God has given to you because He loves you. If you've received Jesus as Lord and Savior, you're in Christ. You've been invited into Christ. You are in Him now. And so you don't have your own righteousness anymore. There may have been a time when you had your own righteousness, but you don't anymore. You're, our righteousness is as filthy rags. The righteousness of man is as filthy rags. You do not operate in your righteousness any longer. New Covenant's based on righteousness, which is of faith. You believe in Jesus Christ, you step into Christ, and then you become right with God, right? Let me ask you a question, because I want to clear the air here, because you've had a week of doing good things and, and making mistakes. And when, you, and when you do good things, you can get your attention onto yourself. That's not healthy. When you, when you do bad, when you make mistakes, you can get your attention onto yourself. I mean, neither one of those is good. And the Bible says that when your mind is stayed upon the Lord, then you have a sense of peace. Everybody tracking me here? And so your right standing with God is not something that you accomplish. It's a gift that you receive. This is a gospel of peace. And so you must know that you're right with God. Can I get an amen? You have to know that. You have to know that. that and you got to keep hearing that so that you can keep drawing water out of the well so you can keep drinking this peace. Because listen to me, if you don't think that you're right with God, you're not going to have peace. You're not going to have any form of peace whatsoever. Uh, you're you're going to be left 
trying to scramble, trying to make yourself right with God, trying to establish your own righteousness. You're going to be left uh, caught up in trying to do dead works. I mean, oh, good works are great. I love good works. I love to be good to people. I love to be kind. I love to be giving. I love to love and to help people. That's beautiful. When, it, when a good work is present, it will always glorify Jesus. When it's a dead work, it glorifies us. And it draws attention to ourselves. What is a dead work? It's my attempt to establish my own standing with God based upon what I do. You cannot do anything to make yourself more right with God. And I know right there, that one statement just destroys 90% of what we got going on out here. But it's the truth. It's a righteousness which is of faith. The old covenant was a righteousness which is of works. So you can't do anything to make yourself more right with God. Was the thief on the cross who got saved more right with God or less right with God than the disciples who had walked with Jesus all those years? No. There's only one righteousness that's going to get you to heaven, and it's God's righteousness. The righteousness of man is his filthy rags. You cannot make yourself right with God. The Lord is the one who makes you right with God. So if you've received Jesus as Lord and Savior, that means that you're in right standing with God. You're right with God. That means you are as you should be before the Father. You are in harmony with God in your spirit. <laughs> now, your spirit is what gets born again. Now, up here, you can still be ma- you can make mistakes. How many of you know your mind doesn't, is, isn't necessarily always in harmony with heaven? How many of you know your actions are not necessarily always in harmony with heaven? If you're honest with yourself. But your spirit, when you get born again, your spirit is in harmony, with, in perfect harmony with heaven, and you're the righteousness of God, and you are as you should be before the Father. Period. You can't add anything to that. It's just a fact. It's reality. Now, you understanding that is going to be the basis that all your peace is drawn from. Anytime your right standing with God is shaken, your peace will be shaken. And it will be difficult. You, you can't walk in peace when your own heart is condemning you. Can't do it. That's one of the reasons sin is so dangerous. Sin, sin as, a, as a child of God, you can't sin your way out of, of, of being a son or daughter of God. But you can sin your way into death. You can die early. You can kill your marriage. You can kill your finances. You can kill your body because uh, sin is death. But you can't, your, your sin's not strong enough to penetrate through the Holy Spirit that sealed your spirit. You're just not strong enough for that. But, if you, if, but, but what sin will do is it will cause your heart to condemn you and then you won't have confidence towards God even though God has confidence towards you. <laughs> God's confident towards you. God loves you. But just like when Adam and Eve sinned, it didn't change God. God still came. He still showed up. He said, hey, let's hang out. He came to spend time with them. They hid from him. He didn't hide from them. God's never hidden from you and he never will. Now, they messed everything up, and sin came, and the curse came, and disharmony happened in the earth, and it had to be fixed through the blood of the Lamb, and all these types of things. But sin is dangerous, A, because the repercussions are horrible, but also because it will cause your heart to condemn you, and then you will question whether you're right with God. And if you are questioning whether you're right with God, you don't have any faith to really receive from God. Because your focus is on yourself. The enemy's always trying to get you focused on you. If he can get you staring at you, he can rob you of all confidence and all faith. Or he'll give you a fat head and make you so proud. Either way, he's the one running the ship. You, you, we, didn't come here to, we didn't come here to talk about us. We didn't come here to talk about me. We didn't come here to talk about you. We didn't come here to talk about Grace Point. We came here to talk about Jesus. And every way you turn him, he's beautiful. And you've been placed inside of him. Amen. And what am I doing right now? I'm preaching the gospel to you. What's happening to you? Your peace is increasing. I'm giving you drinks of of the peace from the well that's actually already inside of you. Because the Spirit of Christ in you will bear witness to the words that I'm saying. Now, if you spend time in man-made religion, your circuit breakers are switching, either online or in here. And that's okay, because a lot of times we were taught to establish our own righteousness. That's incorrect. That's actually anti-Christ. You do not have the ability to make yourself right with God. If you had the ability to make yourself right with God, then Jesus didn't have to die. You could have been the Savior. You could have been on the cross. You could have been the guy. You could have been the one. I mean, we know that is a foolish line of thought. Okay, God said if righteousness could have come through the law, then he would have given it through the law, but it couldn't. 
Because no man had the ability to keep the law because we were in a spiritually dead state. So God came down as a righteous man, born of a virgin, not tainted with Adam's sin because the blood that Jesus had was not the blood from his mother. It was the blood from his father. And then he lived 33 and a half years on this planet and fulfilled that law, kept that law, and then died for everybody that couldn't. And so now you've been invited into him. I'm not more right with God than you because I'm a preacher. You, you, you know, we're, our rightness with God has absolutely nothing at all to do with us. It's everything to do with the Lord. Right? Can I get an amen? Now, as you hear that, that's going to cause the peace inside of you to increase. And what we want, we want to do, we want that peace to get big and strong in you so you can navigate this world. You need to have peace in traffic. You need to have peace with your kids. You know what happened to me? When, when was it we were leaving our, our house and all that construction was going on? It's irrelevant, but we were going somewhere, right? And so, like, and here, here's, the, here's the smallness. We were going to field day. We're going to Eli's field. Okay, thank you for that. We're going to Eli's field day. I'm about to go be dad, right? I'm about to fulfill my calling. I'm going to go be, my, I'm going to go be a father. I'm going to love my kid. I'm going to help him and bless him. It's field day. He's five years old. Woo, right? I'm leaving my neighborhood, and they are doing construction in my neighborhood, and they're laying asphalt, and they have no signs telling us not to go this way. And so I am not happy. <laughs> and, and, and I'm rolling my window down. I'm like, can I go this way? Can I go this way? Can I not go this way? What's going on? Now what's happening to me is my peace is gone. <laughs> and I am there and I'm upset at these guys because A, I'm in a hurry. B, I just, I just rode through some yellow paint and splashed it all up on my car. And some of y'all, I've posted on Facebook about it. Praise God. I got all the paint off. Hallelujah. Come on, come on peace robbers. And, and so now, so here I am. Now, I have some decisions to make. I'm, I'm, I'm upset at what's going on, right? Now, is it worth my peace? Because here's the thing. If I walk into field day peaceless... My son is not going to get the best version of his father. He's going to get probably more of my flesh. Because how I many you know once you don't have peace, it don't stick around. Then you get hasty. Then you're in a hurry. And then you're like, oh, we got to get here. We got to do this. We got to do that. Ugh. And there I am. And now I have a decision to make. Am I going to practice what I'm preaching? Or is it just going to remain a concept? And so, so I've got to get myself together and forgive all the people who did me wrong in my neighborhood <laughs> and pull my peace blanket back and put it on a cross. And I did. And I drove. And I got back in peace. And we had field day. And the love of God flowed out of me to every single kid I was around. Because I'm not just there to father my kids. I'm there to father any kid, that, <laughs> any kid that's anywhere near me. I'm going to love on them. Amen. But I can't do that if I don't have the kingdom operative in my life. And the kingdom's not operative without peace. The kingdom of God is not meat and drink. It's not an external thing. It's not meat and drink. It's righteousness, peace, and joy. Some people searching for joy and they don't have peace. You've got to have peace before you have joy. The peace is first. And so I pulled that thing back and I got back in peace. And I made, but how many know that's a very small thing? It's a tiny little thing. But it could have robbed people from experiencing the kingdom of God through me. So it's actually not a small thing. And you know, after I got peace back into my heart, I, I, my ride to, uh, to the field day was better with my wife. Now I'm ready to hold her hand rather than clench the wheel. Now I'm ready to speak to her lovingly. How many know when you don't have peace, you're not the best spouse? How I many know when you don't have peace, you're not the best son, you're not the best daughter, you're not the best um, father, mother, sister, grandma, grandpa, whatever. And, and, and it doesn't mean that you're, you don't change, but the expression of Christ in you does change. Because Jesus is the Prince of Peace. And I'm going to tell you right now, Jesus is seated on the throne right now. You know what he's got? Peace. He's not worried about elections and downturns and 
recessions and the price of gas or air. He's not sweating any of those things. Okay? And so this peace that's been given to us, it's powerful, and we want to use it, we want to have it, but it always starts with the good news of the gospel. And so if you have a moment of your life where you think that you're not in right standing with God, then you just need to hear the gospel. Can I get an amen? You just need to hear it. Preach to yourself if you have to. You know what I'm saying? But, 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 but get your eyes back on Jesus and remember that you're right with God according to what Jesus has done and not according to what you've done yourself, right? And one of the things that we looked at is we looked at that, that man-made religion does not operate out of peace. Oh, gosh. You're 6808. Everybody remember that. 6808. If you ever want to, to get into Michelle's phone. <laughs> Just kidding. Man-made religion does not operate in peace. How many of you know man-made religion actually makes the children of God less restful? Makes them more afraid. You're not right with God unless you're giving this amount. You're not right with God unless you've won this many people to Jesus. You're not right with God unless you're here every Sunday. Everybody that didn't come to church today, you're still right with God. And had you been to this church long enough, you know that. Because your right standing with God is not based on your church attendance. Can I get an amen? It's not based on anything that's external. But man-made religion, which we looked at that, uh, uh, last week, it operates in unrest and agitation, and it brings people into a state of guilt and fear. That's actually not the kingdom. I used to work at Ichthus. I used to work the um, Ichthus altar calls. And as I got a hold of the gospel and started understanding what was going on, it would actually break my heart because they would have these huge altar calls, and all they did was scare little kids out of believing that Jesus was enough to save them. And so we'd have kids weeping and crying scared of hell, scared because they, they looked at something on their phone that they had lost their salvation or got in an argument with somebody or, or did something that all of a sudden now they're no longer saved. And, and, and it would just absolutely just, how many know that's not actually advancing the kingdom? That's actually, thank you so much, that's actually moving away from the kingdom and that's actually not, that's destroying faith in people. But unfortunately, a good portion of Christianity actually functions like that. And man, you can pack out a building with that stuff. You can scare people down to the altar with that stuff. But you can't make them sons and daughters of God. You can't allow them to really grow up in their sonship. And so let's turn to John 14, please. And Jesus talking here, he said, he's talking about, he said, my peace. And we've been talking about this for a moment. The peace that you have, that Jesus has given to you, is born of his righteousness that he's given to you as a gift. He that knew no sin became sin so that you could become the righteousness of God in him. If you've received Jesus as Lord and Savior, you are, the, you are the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. What does that mean? You are just as right with God as Jesus is. If you are not, just as, if you are not as right with God as Jesus is, then you are not getting to heaven. Because that's the only kind of righteousness that gets you to heaven. No one's going to get there. No one's going to earn it. Nobody's going to deserve it. There's only one kind of righteousness that God honors, and it's the righteousness that His Son bestows. Yes. There's no other way. If you have received Jesus as Lord and Savior, you're just as right with God as Jesus is. You are just as right with God as Jesus is. I'm, 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 just, I'm increasing my boldness in preaching this message, and I'm just going to keep preaching it and preaching it and preaching it and preaching it and preaching it, and God love the religious people if they get offended at it. Hey, man, the cross is a success. He did a good job. And if you've received Jesus as Lord and Savior, then you are the righteousness of God in Christ. Your spirit is in harmony with God's nature. Now, now your actions may not always be in harmony with God's nature. Your thoughts may not always be in harmony with God's nature. But listen to me. Check this out. The more that you believe that you are right with God, the more you're going to act right. You know how I stopped being a drug addict? I found out I was a son. That's how I got set free. I was drug addict forever. I couldn't get off drugs. How did I get set free? I found out I was a son. God revealed. So as, as you awake to righteousness, sin will lose its hold on your life. It will lose power over you. Condemnation does not set you free from sin. You cannot condemn somebody into freedom from sin. Condemnation is the strength of sin. If you are in a state of condemnation, you think God is mad at you and God is against you, you will not break out of your sinful cycles of behavior. You'll just hide it better. You just get real good at hiding it, but you won't get free. Hmm. Okay, anyway, 
uh, John 14, verse 27, Jesus talking about my peace I leave with you, my peace I give to you, not as the world do I give it to you. Let not your heart be troubled, neither let it be afraid. So this is our, this is our verse. Now listen, I can't make you have peace. You can't make me have peace. Only thing I can do is guard my own peace. I can't make my wife have peace. I can't make my son have peace. I can't make my nephew have peace. You're my, you're my, are you my nephew? You're my brother. Oh, brother-in-law. I'm sorry. I'm like, I know we related. How are we related? We in Kentucky, so nobody really knows, you know. Brother-in-law. Chris. Yeah, love Chris. Chris is a good man. Um, but... But I, you can't make anybody have peace. The only thing, now here's what you can do. You can guard your own peace, which will make it easier for those around you to have peace. How I many of the Bible says, blessed are the peacemakers? I believe that that is talking about you maintaining peace. See, if I'm in a state of peace, I can help bring my wife into a state of peace. If she's in a state of peace, she can help bring me into a state of peace. There are times when... I, when she doesn't have peace and I do, and there are times when she has peace and I don't. Like the example that I was giving you about uh, being in the neighborhood and all the construction, she had peace. I did not. But because, my, because she maintained her peace, it helped me to pull back into my peace. And then all of us try to maintain our peace so that the little people will stay peaceful. Because the little people don't know how to do that yet. And, and, and so, like, and, and I think Eli is learning a little bit better, but Lily does not. She just has zero idea yet. And she has such a projecting, she just projects like she's loud and emotional. And when she's upset, we can all feel it. I mean, you got to, <laughs> when she's upset, I'm like this in my peace blanket. Shush! <laughs> Let my heart be troubled, dear. Let it be afraid. I got peace. Jesus love me. Jesus love me. Amen. I'm getting better. We're all getting better. We're getting better. But if she has the power to rob me of peace, and then my wife doesn't have peace, and then my son doesn't have peace, you know what happens? We all argue. But if we can get through the two-year-old storm of emotional discontent and stay calm, and we're getting better at it, then we can maintain peace and we can take that child and bring her into peace. And then when I go to the gas station and there's somebody in there that don't have peace, I can bring them into my peace. When I go into Walmart, I can bring them into my peace. Can I get an amen? It's the gospel shoes. You carry this peace. And, and, and listen to me. No one can steal it from you. You must relinquish it for it to be gone. It's the fact. No one can take it. No one can come up to you and just rob you. No, no, no. you got to let go of the blanket. You are in control of your peace. And once again, you're not earning the peace. You're taking the peace that Jesus gave you, and you're learning how to use it. Everybody tracking me on that? And then, and, and then we also looked at how the enemy does not know what to do with a peaceful Christian. How many of the enemy goes about as a roaring lion seeking whom he may devour? I mean, he can't devour everybody. And if you look at the context of that scripture, it says, casting all your care upon him, for he cares for you. I mean, you know, you can't carry the weight of the world on your shoulders and have peace. I mean, you know, you've got to cast that thing on the Lord. I mean, you know, there are things you can't change. Just like the weather when we was riding in today. I can't change the hurricane. I mean, I guess, I, I mean, there, there are elements of that happening in scripture, but as a whole, I knew that rain was going to keep people out of church today. I knew it was going to happen. Oh, hold on, I got to sneeze. Whew! That was the least masculine sneeze of my entire life. Golly, that was that was bad, man. That was that was the that was a French poodle sneeze or something, man. I, man, I'm gonna have to just sneeze masculine real quick just to cover. I'm gonna hunt you. Hey, that was bad. Man, praise God. I, I think it's because I was I think it's because I was trying to keep it out of the mic and I was trying to strain and 
<laughs> I know, right? You know, I, I, wear, I wear headphones when I work out. And like, you know, I had a, a while back recently where I didn't have my headphones or they were dead or something. And I was in there, I was working out with the headphones on. And, you know, this whole time I've been thinking, I've been like grunting real manly. I was like, I'm whimpering like a small child. Like, I sound like I'm calling for my mom. Like, <laughs> this whole time I'm a, and really I'm like, I'm like, praise God. Good thing I have a beard, man. My nose is tickling a little bit. It's okay. I'm just going to keep touching it. <laughs> I'm fine. I'm fine. Thank you, guys. I'm fine. I'll be okay. <laughs> that was really girly. Praise God. What happened? I still got my piece. Yeah, I'm not. My masculinity's not in question. I'm cool with that. <laughs> oh, man. Praise God. But... We, if, we, if we walk around without peace, then the enemy starts to get inroads into our life. And so, but if we maintain our peace, then the enemy can't devour us. And here's the thing. There's going to be different areas of your life that you're good at guarding peace in. I mean, you know, some people are better with having peace in financial challenges some people are better at having financial peace and health challenges. Some people are better at having financial peace and relational challenges. Whatever area that you allow your peace to be robbed, it will be in that area that you struggle. It will be in that area that you struggle. See, think about an area that you have peace. You don't, I mean, you don't really struggle in that area. But if you think about an area that you do struggle, it's that area where peace is, you are allowing yourself to be robbed of peace. For some people, it might be their kids. Some people, it might be family. might be traffic. You know, it might be your, your, your dog. You know, all kinds of stuff. But everybody in here, the enemy has a plan to rob you of peace. Because if he can get that piece off your heart, then your heart becomes vulnerable and you become devourable in that area. See, what I just said is very sobering because it, it kind of hits us all where we're at. Now, but here's the thing. Just because it's an area that you struggled in doesn't mean that you have to continue to struggle. Can everybody say development? Everybody say growth. See, we can grow and we can change. And, and areas that we used to be weak in, we don't have to stay weak in. Your areas of weakness are the places where grace flows. Grace doesn't flow in your areas of strength. Grace flows in your areas of weakness. Now, I'm not saying you can't be strong in the grace of the Lord in an area of your life, and now it's a place where you're strong. But what I am saying, your areas of weakness, I mean, you know, water always goes to the lowest point. Grace always finds your place of weakness. And so you don't have to stay weak. I mean, you just don't. You can, you can change. Now, one of the things you have to do is you can't identify with your weakness. You must always identify with Jesus. You say, well, that's my personality. Well, that's in my family. Well, this is my, my anxiety. This is my whatever. Look, folks, if you're tagging that thing and making it yours, there ain't no amount of preaching that's going to set you free. There ain't no amount of going to church going to set you free because you just called something yours. And so if you're claiming mental health illness, and I'm not saying like, you know, struggling with something or dealing with something or whatever. Like I used to struggle with depression and stuff like that. I don't struggle with it anymore. I've been set free. And, and, and I'm not talking about not being vulnerable and honest. You can talk about your struggles and what you're going through, but never say it's a part of your identity. Never say it's a part of your DNA because God is not going to be able to set you free from something that you're lying against the truth in. What is lying against the truth? It's when I embrace something as being a part of who I am that God does not see in Christ. I need to say, I need to say that again. When I embrace something as a part of my identity that God does not see in Christ. Because you're now in Christ. You're hidden with Christ in God. You are in Christ. 
Christ is your identity. So if you're going to develop and you're going to grow and you're going to be transformed in the same image from glory to glory, there's certain pieces of yourself that you're going to have to let go. And you're not losing yourself. You're gaining the purest version of who you are. This is who you actually are. You're not an angry person. You're not a lustful person. You're not a person without self-control. You're not all the things that they said about you, all the things that your flesh has said about you, all the things that you may have experienced as your own failures. Those things have been crucified on the cross, and you now have a new identity. And so you are a peaceful person because Christ is a peaceful person. Can I get an amen? Amen. Now, you may have grown up in a home without peace. I grew up in a home, they, we fought all the time. Every day, it was ding, ding, ding. Everybody fought. I actually, I grew to hate fighting so much that I would not allow confrontation to happen in my life. And if you don't allow confrontation to happen in your life, then you actually can't work through anything. See, my, my wife helped teach me how to talk things through rather than just shut down. But I grew up in a home that was filled with so much arguing that any level of argument to me just felt like I had like PTSD, you know. But then my wife had to help me work through that. Like, no, we have to disagree and talk things through if we're really going to grow. And she has helped me th- so much in this area because I struggled in that because in the environment that I was in. But when you grow up in an environment like that where you didn't have peace or you didn't know peace, it, it takes. But but see, how many heaven's peaceful place. And, and God wants days of heaven on the earth. And if heaven's going to flow through us and we're going to remain undevourable before the enemy, we're going to have to get good at maintaining our peace. Can I get an amen? amen. So, um, and I asked you guys to, to kind of mark down, or, or, or remember. see what you can do is locate what robs your peace. Just like I located what robbed my peace that day um, was them asphalting my road. Anybody have a thing through this past week that you found out robbed your peace? Tell me. What? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Eight-layer, two-tier cake order. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Tilt? Okay, okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah, 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 yeah. 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 So that, yeah. And that's clearly something that could rob you of peace. But here's the thing. Here's the thing. A problem can rob you of peace. But here's the thing. If you will bring your peace back, you can solve your problem in peace. Everybody tracking me here? So the, the, prob- the, 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 the problem being resolved is not the answer for your peace. You, it's so important here because I, I find myself... Like tomorrow, we're going to be doing an outreach in, um, down here in, at the gathering place. And i got to set up all this musical equipment. And so I hate being rushed anytime, but especially when I'm setting up musical equipment. I like a lot of time to set up musical equipment because anybody that knows sound, sound is crazy. And sound will do dumb stuff for no reason, right? I mean, I shouldn't speak death over the sound, but I'm just telling you. And so, but here's the thing. Like, so I can be rushed when I'm doing things, but I need to set up this sound out of peace. When we cook the hamburgers for everybody, it needs to be done out of peace. When you're tackling your your problem, it needs to be done out of peace. So you can bring your peace back before your challenge is fixed. And then when you operate out of peace, you're going to be able to hear God better. You're going to be more spirit-led. Peace of God is going to be able to umpire in your heart, and you can take care of it. Thank you for sharing that. Anybody else have something? Robbed you of peace? Too numerable to count? Okay, go ahead. Okay. Yeah. Sure. 
que Yeah. 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 Oh, wow. That'll rob you a piece. <laughs> wow. Wow. Okay. Let's talk about it. Let's talk about it. So when people let you down, whether work, family, whatever, you have a decision to make. Are you going to let that rob you of peace? Or are you going to pull your peace back and function? See, one of the things I think robs us of peace a lot of times is we think people owe us something. you got to remove that. If any of your relationships are going to function the way God wants them to, nobody owes you anything. My wife doesn't owe me anything. I don't owe her anything. My kids don't owe me anything. I don't owe them anything. God doesn't owe you anything. God actually doesn't want you to owe him anything either. Everything we do is out of a place of love. And there, there's too much owing in relationships. And so when you think somebody owes you something and you don't get what you think you deserve, then you don't have peace and you're putting an expectation on somebody that's unhealthy. And then you're basing your peace on whether they measure up to what you think that you told them that you want them to do. And it's a destroyer of peace and it's a destroyer of relationships. I, what we have to realize is nobody, nobody, nobody owes you anything. God doesn't owe you anything. God will give you everything for free through Jesus, but you can't earn it from him. You know, and, and like in, in, in the place of my marriage, I have my part that I'm called to play. What am I supposed to do? I'm supposed to love my wife the way Jesus loves me. Wow, that's hard. <laughs> Not that my wife isn't lovely, but for me to love her the way Jesus loves me, I mean, that's going to take the Lord. Can I get an amen? But that's my part. My part's not her part. My part's my part. Okay, get an amen. I do my part. Everybody say, I do my part. You don't do somebody else's part. You do your own part. And, and, and what anybody else does is between them and the Lord. You know, and, and it's the same for my son. It's the same for every aspect of all the relationships in my life. Once you realize nobody owes you anything, you're going to walk in a lot more peace. Because then what can happen is you can actually be a carrier of love and peace rather than a demander. If you have to demand respect in order to get it, you're doing it wrong. It's true. Just because you're, you're a husband doesn't mean you, you're owed respect. Now your wife's called to respect you. She's called to honor you, but it's not owed to you. If you think it's owed to you, then she's not doing it from her heart. She's doing it from a systematic religious observation of indebtedness. And rather than her ultimately respecting you, she's going to actually not like you. I mean, it's the same in the dynamic in our relationship with God. We don't owe God anything. He doesn't want you to owe Him anything. He wants you to give to Him freely what He already gave you, which is His love. Can I get an amen? amen. And so in this scenario, how I many know there are times when people can let you down? Now you've got a decision to make. Are you going to let that rob you of peace or not rob you? You know what used to rob me of peace big time? When my dog would dig in the trash. I'd be like, man, you're better than this. Come on. Like I keep, and, and, and I keep thinking, you know, he, he just keeps digging in the trash and has no accountability for it whatsoever. I, 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 like the last dog I had, I could sit a piece of pizza in the, in the floor and walk out the room and the dog wouldn't eat it without permission. That's why we wrote a book about it. <laughs> this dog, if he get away from it, he will. And like he digging the trash, he'd be laying all in his cage and he got trash all in his cage. And I'm like, man, I'll tell you, he's looking at me like, Now, here's the thing, very simple thing. But how many know if I let the dog digging in the trash rob me of peace, now when I interact with my wife, I don't have peace. And the dog is controlling my marriage. <laughs> when I interact with my children, I have no peace. The dog is controlling my fathering. In traffic, no peace because the dog took the trash. How many know that's stupid? But how many times has somebody let you down, whether it's an, an animal or a person or whatever, and it's robbed you of peace, and you became devourable by the enemy because somebody did you wrong? One of the cool things about being a Christian is you've actually lost the right to hold ought against anybody. It's a part of the price of admission. You're in a club of the forgiven. <laughs> and in order to be in the club, 
and receive forgiveness, you actually now have lost the right to hold anything against anybody ever again. Because the leader of your club took everybody's transgression and died with them on the cross. So how I many of Jesus equalizes all injustice? Amen? So back to peace, hurting yourself, all these simple little things. Let me say, everything that's been mentioned, whether through me or through somebody else, I mean, you know, in order for, that, for it to actually rob you of peace, listen to me, you have to let it happen. Now, if you want to bring peace back, okay, the kingdom of God is voice activated. Speak. I let not my heart be troubled, neither do I let it be afraid. I let not my heart be troubled, neither let it be afraid. Or confess your righteousness. I'm the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. I'm a new creation in Christ. I'm right with God. Now, you don't have to scream it. You don't have to be weird under your breath in traffic. Let not my heart be troubled, neither let it be afraid. Pull my peace back. I've gotten to the place where I don't have to verbalize it. I can actually just feel it. I can feel when I'm out of peace, and then I can bring it back. I don't know how to explain that. I don't know how to say that. But I can feel when I've lost. See, you know the, you know the reason people don't have confidence? is because they don't have peace. That's the reason people are self-conscious is they don't have peace. If you always had peace, you would always be very confident. See, we think it's, a, oh, I've got to build up my confidence. I gotta build. No, no, no. All you got to do is keep your peace. I practice this all the time. Like, you know, one of the things that tried to, to, to rob me of peace, walking, like when, uh, when we would go to Ethan's like basketball games and stuff like that, I mean, you know, when you walk out in front of a couple hundred people and you're about to walk in front of everybody, it can make you a little bit self-conscious. Can we be honest for a minute? Like, you know, is my underwear showing? Is my hair okay? I don't really think much about my hair, but like, is there something in my teeth? So when you're walking, you're like, everybody's staring at me. Everybody's looking at me, looking at my wife. <laughs> she goes, but, but I want to give you something very, number one, nobody is, or they might be, but here's the thing. Please listen to what I'm saying. Before you walk across that group of people, pull your peace back. And catch yourself. Don't be nervous. Don't be self-conscious. Pull your peace back. Now walk in peace. When you're about to talk to somebody, maybe at work that intimidates you, catch yourself. Pull your peace back. Speak out of peace. The Lord has given you His peace. And it's so powerful. So now, how many know when you speak to someone who used to intimidate you and they're not intimidating, intimidating you because you're, but you, you have your peace? Listen to me. How many know you talk different? You walk different. You live different because you have peace. Like if I'm in the gym and, 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 and my peace tries to get away from me, I pull my peace back. If I'm talk anything i'm telling you like if you can just get good if we can get good at catching when it's not there we can pull it back voice activated let not my heart be troubled neither let it be afraid everybody got that amen what is it again 801 6808 we're all going to know it before it's over all right cool got 15 minutes left yeah you can please hear me throw it if i throw it to you we catch it I'm not going to do it. <laughs> so um, I just wanted to share that along with what you were just saying uh, made me recall yesterday. My niece got married. And so I went back to see her beforehand. And she's like, I'm so nervous. Not because she's getting married, but she was nervous about walking down the aisle and everybody looking at her. Oh, that yeah. very thing. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and so... Um, speaking of peace and what we've been learning over these last few weeks while you're on this subject, mm -hmm. came to my memory, and so I prayed for peace over her. It's good, man. And for her not to be afraid. So not only can we do that for ourselves, but we can do that when we see that somebody yes. else comes. Yeah, come on, man. That's right. Just like, you know, Mickey did that same thing for me this morning. Mm. You know, a husband can see when a wife just needs a little extra conversation and just bring her back to the center and so that's exactly you know and so those are things that we can do for each other you know and you know when we see 
We, when we start noticing that we are falling out of peace, we learn how to identify that in other people. Come on, it's good. And when we learn what the, how the, someone else is coming out of peace, then we can pause for a moment and say, how can I help this person? And yes. sometimes it's prayer or sometimes it's just be not be able to identify, here's what someone needs right now. How yeah. can I help them out? That's so good. That's good. Thank you. That's excellent. I think what you mentioned about the resolution and the message. Yeah. Thank you. That's actually so good. You'll never have peace. Because what will happen is that thing will work out and then there'll be something else. And then that thing will finally work out and there'll be something else. So if you're waiting on things to line up in the natural before you have peace, then you're actually never going to have peace. It's good. It's good. Let me, let me, let me share this last concept real quick, quickly, because I think it's important. Let's turn to 2 Corinthians chapter 10. And um, I just want to say that... Um, and in closing here, we've discussed all these things, but here's, here's the final area that I want to touch on as we close out the series is this. Um, it's going to, if you don't get control of your thought life, it's going to be hard to maintain peace. And, and we live in a world that has taught us how to not control our thought life. How do people control their thought life now? They turn something on TV, they turn something on the iPad. They turn something on their phones, and then my thought life is now controlled because I'm watching someone live life for me. And we have got to unplug from this numbness of mind in order to control our thoughts into actually taking control of our thoughts. Because here's the thing. You may not have, there are things you don't have control over. But here's the one thing you do have control of. You have control over what you focus on. And we need to learn how to focus on the right things. Because um, if we don't, the enemy is always going. You know, the reason that a snake charmer keeps the cobra from striking is not because they're playing music that the snake can hear. It's the movement. The snake charmer is keeping the snake in a constant state of distraction. People that tame lions with chairs, it's not the size of the chair, it's the constant distraction. The enemy has brought this world into a state of constant distraction. And if you are in a state of constant distraction and you have no ability to focus then you will have no ability to get anything of any profit done. You will be turned into another spectator. See, we live in a world where we, 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 we become spectators to life. Actors live our lives for us. Movies live our lives for us. Sports live our lives for us. And we all just sit down and watch a screen and pay bills and aren't actually living life for ourselves. And so, we, so what we have to do is, you know, we want to be counterculture. We want to take back our minds. I mean, that's the whole point of advertisement. That's the whole point. I mean, my phone's listening to me right now. You know what I'm saying? If I were to say something about, you know, cheese, you know, all of a sudden, bam, here comes all the cheese stuff in my thread or whatever. And, and what's happening is the enemy is everybody's trying to get your attention. Everybody's trying to get your focus because if they can get you to focus on something, they could sell you something. And the enemy's trying to get your attention and trying to get your focus, and he's trying to keep people from learning how to control their own thoughts. And here's the thing. This is very important. Every thought that comes into your mind is not yours. You must know that. If you think that every thought that comes into your mind is yours, then you will secretly think that you're crazy. And, you, and be like, I'm crazy, but nobody knows. So I'm going to try to keep it on the lockdown, you know. Here's the thing. The enemy has the ability to lie. And he has a fiery darts that he can shoot. And so you all of a sudden get some crazy thought. Listen to me. If it does not line up with who you are in Christ, 
and it does not line up with the Scriptures, it is not your thought. It's the enemy trying to give you a false identity or get you to live into a lie and take the bait and operate in something that's not yours. So listen to me. Every thought that comes into your mind is not yours. Every thought that comes into your mind is not yours. Anybody here has some crazy thoughts? Oh, yes. Everyone here has thought some stuff that's so crazy you wouldn't want anybody to know. Oh, yes, you have. How do you know? Because you're on earth. I'm here to tell you that the, all, that's not you. How many know you have the mind of Christ? You have the mind of Christ. And so you have the ability to take authority over your thought life. What's the best way to do it? Speak. Speak the word of God. And I'll read you this passage here. 2 Corinthians chapter 10 and verse 3. It says, For though we walk in the flesh, we do not war according to the flesh. For the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty in God for the pulling down of strongholds, casting down arguments, and every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God, bringing every thought into captivity to the obedience of Christ. Where do bad thoughts go to die? The obedience of Christ. The cross. The fact that He has made you righteous. You are the righteousness of God even when your thoughts are not righteous. And so when you have a crazy thought, you can cast it down. Can you get an amen? I cast that down in Jesus' name. I take authority over that. No, I'm a child of God. I'm the righteousness of God. And so when that thought comes in, you speak what the Word says about it, right? Like when a thought of lust tries to come in, when a thought of lust would try to come towards me, right? Now I've got a decision to make. How many know that lust is not my nature, right? Lust is a taker. Love is a giver. When I see an attractive uh, girl and, you know, I mean, oh, there are people running around with no clothes on all the time. Can we be honest? Right? Now, here's the thing. The enemy would want me to take from her and devalue her. God wants me to love her and see her as a daughter. Can I get an amen here? And so when that thought tries to come in, no, I cast that down in Jesus' name. That's not my thought. This is a daughter of God. And so I turn my heart back to her value as a human being, as a daughter of God, created in the image of God, not as a thing. Because I'm telling you what, we can't be fathers if we are wrapped in lust. Because we're not a safe place for women to come to. Lust is an attack against fathers. This whole culture has turned this thing into sexualizing daddy, into sexualizing a father. Some of y'all may be aware of it, some of you may not, but this whole culture has turned it to that. What's the purpose of that? It's for the, it's for the purpose of destroying fathers. You can't be a safe place and a predator at the same time. And the enemy would want to turn you into a predator, want to turn you into a lust-filled taker rather than a father in a safe place for women to come to. Women should feel safe around you because you're not looking to take from them. You're looking to protect them and to take care of them and to love them. But when that stupid thought comes in, and it will come, you just cast it down and you say who you are in Christ. Can I get an amen? And you win. And you know, and, and there was a time in my life when there was a stronghold of it. I had a stronghold of lust in my life from years of pornography, from years of all the craziness, right? But by the grace of God and the hammer of God's word, that stronghold's been torn down. It's not a stronghold in me anymore. It's not there. I'm free. Gosh, it's so great to be free. It's so great to not have to do those things and to be able to look at people like they're human beings. But now it does not change the fact that the thoughts still try to come. How many know you can't stop a bird from flying over your head? But you can stop it from building a nest. I think that is the greatest analogy of your thought life. You can't stop it from flying over you, but you can stop it from building a nest. How does it build a nest? You spend, th you spend time thinking about it, meditating on it, and then next thing you know, 10 minutes later, you're down a road 
that's not in line with who you are, that's not in line with your nature. Y'all tracking me here? And here's the thing. You can't operate in lust and have peace at the same time. Peace will protect you from lust. You can't operate in jealousy and have peace at the same time. Peace will protect you from jealousy. Peace will protect you from anger. Peace will protect you from pride. Peace will protect you from every work of the flesh. And you can stay in the Spirit all the time. And you can be in control of your thoughts. We don't have to live subservient to the sexualization of all of mankind. Every, I mean, they know it's a, such a strong driving force in human beings that it's the primary thing they try to sell stuff with. From yogurt to, 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 to beer. You know what I'm saying? I mean, like everything has some... There's, there's so much of this out here. And I'm here to tell you right now, we don't have to live subservient to that. We can rise above that. How are you going to do that? Right back to what I'm talking about. Maintaining peace. And when a thought comes into your mind, I cast that down, take authority over that. That's not who I am. And when, and when, and when, when you know, because, you know, I go to gyms all the time, and there are people in gyms looking for attention. There are girls in the gym who want me to look at them so bad, and I will not do it. I refuse to do it. Why? Because that's a daughter who's trying to get her value from her ability to generate lust. I'm a father. I'm not a predator. And so I'm not going to be subservient to that. I want to look past all that into a human being's eyes. And I'm going to restore value and honor to who she is without succumbing with, to her desire to generate value for herself by her ability to attract men's attention. I'm going to kick that devil in the face because she needs deliverance. And the men who, are gen- who need deliverance. And what's so cool, ugh, when, you, when, you, when you walk above it and you walk in peace, you can actually defuse it. When somebody's acting all weird like that and they're acting all crazy like that, if I can just go talk to them as a human being, they'll just snap out of it. You know, hey, how's it going? Yeah, hey, blah, blah, blah. And it's like, wait a minute, I'm a human. I'm not wrapped up in this trap. It's a trap. Your value is not your ability to draw people's attention. Your value is not your ability to generate lust. That is, a, that is a spirit of this world, demonic influence that's in the land. And, and, and it's here, and it's okay, but it don't got to be on me, and it don't got to be on you. We can walk free of it. We can maintain peace. Yeah. Hmm. Amen. It's good. It's good. It's sad, really, when you look at it. I mean, when you look at the, you know, a lot of the young people and their Instagram and stuff like that. I mean, everybody's just trying to get as close to naked as they can, and and um, and all it is is a cry for value. They're just like, please like me, please love me, please tell me that I'm okay. And um, oh God, I just hate it, man. It's just awful. Yeah, please talk. About it. Go ahead. Mm. Sure. Mhm. 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 Sure. Sad. Sad. OnlyFans is like a sexual type of pornographic platform that people can run on their own and get subscribers 
and people are making millions of dollars on it. But it's, uh, I mean, you know, money's not the number one thing. And, and, and as you honor God in your business and as you honor yourself, uh, God will grow you and increase you and bless you. And you don't got to bow down to this dehumanizing world uh, that is trying to make money on people's, um, just really on their honor of themselves. And so we, we, we got to break free of this stuff, man. And, uh, and we will. Because a part of the restoration of the hearts to the fathers and the hearts, the hearts of the fathers turn to the children, hearts of the children turn to the fathers, the fathers got to be set free from lust. Because you're not safe until you're set free. Right? And, and, I, and once again, now please understand, I'm not questioning your righteousness, and I'm not questioning your standing, I'm not questioning your sonship, I'm not questioning any of those things. And I'm also not questioning the, the enemy trying to knock or temptation trying to come. But once again... I mean, just because a bird flies over your head doesn't mean it's got to build a nest, right? And if there's a stronghold here in somebody, either watching online or watching here, it takes some time to get free from that stronghold. But I'm telling you, you don't have to live in lust. It's one of the greatest freedoms I've ever known in my life. And I've known a lot of different freedoms. I've been in a bondage to a lot of different things, but me not having to just stare at somebody like they're a piece of meat is one of the greatest things that's ever happened to me. Because, man, like, I get to, like, enjoy my life and just see people as who they are and not all that other junk, man. Okay. Praise God. We got a little bit off of what we were trying to talk about. But how many of what we're talking about is important? Amen. Last time, what is it? 8606? 6808. All right, cool. One last place when we close. Philippians 4. Um, once again, you have control of your thoughts. Take control of your thoughts. Don't think everything that comes into your mind is, is yours. And the last thing here is this, you know, what are you looking at? What are you focusing on? See, if you are looking at things that generate fear, it's going to be difficult for you to maintain peace. You know, one of the things I have to be careful to do is I can't, I can't read too much news. Like I've had periods in my life where I really, I've got almost addicted to reading the news. And I read news, read news, read news, because what are these crazy people doing, right? And here's the thing. It's harder for me to keep my peace blanket on when my eyes are constantly looking at all the crazy stuff that's happening in this world. And so there's an, and I'm not saying you can't read the news. I'm not saying you can't watch a movie. I'm not saying you can't watch a scary movie. I'm not trying to tell you how to live your life. But I'm saying that if your eyes are focused on things that don't, that, that don't fit into this, what this book, what this is passage is saying, Philippians chapter 4, verse 8. Finally, brethren, whatever things are true. Well, that takes out much of the news right there. <laughs> For honest, what, what, whatever things are true, whatever things are noble, whatever things are just, whatever things are pure, whatever things are lovely, whatever things are of a good report, if there is any virtue, if there's anything praiseworthy, meditate on these things. Fill your mind with the good stuff. Don't fill your mind with the bad stuff. You know, and, and sometimes people are like, well, you know, I'm struggling with depression or I'm struggling with this, I'm struggling with that. Well, sweetheart, look at what you're filling your mind with. Like, you know, sometimes, a lot of times when I, when, I, when I see young people that are dealing with stuff like that, and I'm not in all cases because I think every young person has struggled with, with, with I mean, this, the whole lockdown thing was hard on, on young people and stuff like that. But like, I was like, what kind of music are you listening to? If you're listening to angry music, don't be surprised if you're angry. If you are listening to sad music, don't be surprised if you're sad. And, and I'm not trying to be patronizing here, but I'm saying like, you don't just put anything in your mouth, right? You know, we, you, we, we're careful what we, what we eat to some level. Like, you know, I'm not going to go out. You're not going to catch me outside eating a stick, you know. <laughs> if it's covered in chocolate, I might. But, uh, you know, like I don't just put anything in my mouth. But let me know, sometimes we, we're not as careful about what we put in front of our eyes, in front of our minds. And so if you're having a hard time maintaining your peace, look at what you're thinking about and what you're meditating on. I mean, if, if someone's just watching nothing but like crime stories over and over again all the time, don't be surprised if you're scared. Because all you're meditating on is murder and death. And, and listen, I'm not saying that those things are evil and you can't do it and Oh, man, God's mad at you or God's against you. But I'm just saying, like, 
you know, if I if the only thing I ever ate was Twinkies, and that's the only thing I ever ate, it would change my performance in the gym. If the only thing that I ever watched or listened to was the news, it would change my ability to pull the peace blanket back over my heart. And so I encourage you to feed on the Word of God. Feed on things that are good. Feed on things that are beautiful. And I'm not saying that you can't enjoy entertainment because you can, just like, you, you know, but if we want to maintain, what, what's more valuable to you? See, I'm, I'm trying to shut up, but it, entertainment is not peace. We've taught ourselves to veg out in entertainment. I don't think about my job. I don't think about my problems. I don't think about my life. Just give me a slice of pizza and a cool show to watch, and I'm... But like, how I many you know that's not actually the peace that Jesus gives? And I'm not anti-entertainment or pizza or any of those things. I'm for all of those things. But what I am saying is there may come a period of your life when you need to really be careful and watch what's going into your eyes and your ears, and you may need to change what you're doing. Amen? Okay, I'm going to stop talking. So, amen. It's a good word, wasn't it? Very good. Very good morning. Praise God. Um, praise the Lord. If you need to give it all this morning, lift your hand up. We'll get one to you. Those of you watching online, you can go to gracepointgeorgetown.com. Um, I will say this. It's good to give and sow into the place that feeds you. There's a blessing on that. What's that? Yeah, they can. They, not through text, just through online. Um, it's good to give into a place that feeds you. Um, it's healthy for you. It's good for you. There's a blessing that's upon that. Um, how much you give and all those types of things, that's between you and the Lord. But um, I just feel like I want to encourage people in that. Um, we got a couple things coming up here. Uh, We're going to have our, our family meal. We're going to start back our family meals. And so basically what that is is we have a, a big meal after church and we go outside and we hang out and maybe we get a game of volleyball going or something. Yeah, man, it's time, right? So May 21st will be our, our, the first family meal we've had in a while. Uh, we're going to have a taco bar. We're going to have a taco bar. And so there'll be more details of that. You'll probably bring sides that go with tacos and stuff like that. Uh, so May 21st will be our first family meal. We do have an outreach this Monday. So this Monday we're going to be down at the shelter um, we will be serving food at 6.30, and we'll be doing music, and we'll be doing preaching and stuff like that, and we'll be helping people and loving on people. If you want to serve, um, just meet us at the gathering place. Uh, we'll probably start cooking about 5.30, and then we'll start eating at, at 6.30. So if you, want to, if you want any more information about that, see myself. We'll be doing that tomorrow night. Um, I think that's about it, really. Um, I don't know. Is Stacy upstairs? Where's Stacy at? Ask her if she wants to say the stuff that she was going to say. <laughs> She's going to talk about a couple of things, and I don't know if it doesn't sound like it's going to happen. <laughs> okay. Did she? Did she acknowledge? Did she say no? Oh, okay. That's the story of my life, right there. No, it's cool. Oh, yeah. Well, yeah, youth camp, and then we got yeah, youth camp July 6th through the 9th, and then we also got uh, that uh, the Myrtle Beach Conference as well. That's coming up. Be a good time. So, cool. I think that's about it, man. So, we can do the other stuff later. Yeah, man. So, Father, we just thank you and praise you. Lord, I speak a blessing over your people as they go their way. I think that we have an awesome time, a great week. Thank you, Lord. You teach all of us how to flow in this peace, Father. In Jesus' name, amen. Awesome. Go in the peace and joy of the Lord. Amen. If you need prayer, see myself or those around you. Thank you for letting me use your phone.